Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for the Mindfulness Movement and Exercise podcast. I am here with a special guest. But first, just a quick recap of last time, we talked about the history of physical culture. And if you remember, there were three main waves with this, and this started in Europe in the early 1800s. The first wave was the gymnastics wave. The second wave was the strongman wave. And the third wave was the somatics wave. By the end of this, which was about the early 1900s, it had started to make its way back over into the United States, particularly in the collegiate setting, where people in academia were realizing that a strong mind and a strong body kind of went hand in hand. And there were a number of ways to accomplish that. Before we dig into today's interview, go ahead and come into a comfortable seated position. You can either have your eyes open or your eyes closed and just watch your inhale. If you feel your mind drifting away from your inhale, return to your inhale. And just take a moment. And go ahead and let that go. So observing your inhale is simply a focal point. It's a way to focus your attention. It's a way to train your concentration. And it is just a practice, this idea of watching the inhale, which brings us to today. We have Ryan Hurst, who is one of the co-founders of GMB. I have a long list of all of the things Ryan has studied over the years, and I don't think it's a complete list. So we've got gymnastics, kendo, judo, karate, Zen Buddhism, yoga, parkour, weightlifting, tea ceremony, rock climbing, free diving, calisthenics, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Is that pretty accurate, Ryan? <laughs> sure. We'll just stick with that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love that intro um, as far as the breathing and bringing awareness. Um, as you just mentioned, Zen Buddhist, Buddhism is a big part. What I do in every day, I, I do zazen and um, simply bringing awareness to the breath and posture. So posture, breath and mindset is something over the years that I've always focused on. And so, um, yeah, that was fabulous. Yeah, oh, I like that. Thank, thank you. Now, do you find that focusing on the seated meditation the mindset and the posture, do you find that carries over into your other practices? 100%. And um, so this is actually something. So having moved to the United States uh, from Japan, um, I've recently started a group, a martial arts group. And all we focus on is, is posture, breath, and mindset. And the reason why is... Uh, if you are aware of your posture and you try and keep a posture, I'm not going to say correct posture because it's dependent upon what you need it for. Um, and you're aware of using your breath in a positive way. You should have the good mindset in order to do what you want to do. Now, looking at martial arts, we want the exact opposite of what we're doing to the other person. So we want to break their posture in order to affect their breathing and take their mindset. And so this is why 
really, that's all we really focus on is really trying to bring, let's say that we're in a compromised position, which means that our posture alignment structure is off. Therefore, it will affect our breathing. Therefore, our mind will not be in the proper place to allow us to see options and get out of this particular situation. And so to me, that is everything uh, is, is looking at that posture the breath and the mindset. And this is something that we actually, uh, my wife and I talk a lot about uh, because moving here from Japan, my children learning English, we saw my son's uh, confidence wane considerably due to the fact that he doesn't have the language ability to communicate in the way that he wants to. His posture, he would hunch, he would compress his breathing and we know by doing that, it's not going to allow you to be open to certain situations and put you in a position of confidence, if you will. So our big thing with him is, hey, buddy, chest up. And simply looking at it that way, um, we do believe it has been helping other little things like shut your mouth, you know, because we don't want them to be a mouth breather, focusing on nasal breathing, calm, collected, um, little things like that. Um, but to me, this is a huge part of my life and the people in my class and everything, they just probably get sick of me. Just, I start the class by saying, okay, posture, breath, mindset, and that's it. Uh, to me, really, that is everything. My sitting practice is that, um, focusing on the posture and then focusing on the breath. And anytime that you have that thought come in then bring it back to either your breath or your posture because that will set your mindset. So I, and that's just what my instructors would always teach me over the years. So, yeah. I love that. And not only does that influence probably the, the physical practices that you have, but I have to imagine that carries over as you were saying into everyday life, like with confidence and other aspects of things Absolutely. that happen. Yes. And, and also trying to communicate rather than thinking about what you want to say when someone's speaking by you actually being calm and collected because you have that posture, you're focusing on your breath, and then you have that mindset uh, to be able to be in a good place to communicate rather than, you know, react to something. And so this is something else over the years I've really tried to focus on. Uh, it's been very difficult for me moving from Japan and coming back to the United States after living in Japan for 28 years and certain things that I forgot about where I, I don't want to just react to them. And so me taking a breath and going, all right, what's going on, getting my mindset so that the way that I present myself, not just, um, you know, basically there's a lot of alpha over here is what I'm trying to get at. And, <laughs> and so it just allows me, I guess, to just be myself is what I'm trying to get at and um, stay in the mental state that I want. And that's going to be good for me, my family and the people that depend on me. Um, yeah. So basically I don't freak out is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that, especially what you were saying about communication, because I feel like one of the things that happens with communications is often we are reacting rather yes. than being present. 
Right. Right. And allowing for the the transition, the transition between you and I or the transition between whomever you're speaking with, which is the pause. Right. Like in music, you know, the music happens in the space between, you know, that's that's what allows the notes to come out anyway. But I, I, I look at it that way as well as more communicating. It's 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 to me should be more like tennis rather than. I don't know another good example, but basically there should be like, you know, working off of each other. And the other thing is rather than making it as a competition, um, always being open, even if someone is saying something you don't agree with, looking at it with an open mind and that you can learn something from that. Uh, Even if it's, oh, I don't, want to communicate in that way that that person is good. You learn something. Okay. But it doesn't mean that you need to attack that person and tell them what you really think. And so um, it's not being passive to me. It's actually being active because you're not letting them take your mindset away from you. And so the awareness thing, when you started and you should focus on the inhale, giving yourself a cue, one single cue to focus on, to bring yourself back rather than thinking on, um, you know, just a back straight chin tuck, shoulders pulled back and down, hands folded in this particular way. Now we're gonna bring the breath to the belly and then you're gonna, you know, no, just focus on the (laughs) inhale, that single cue that will allow you to start bringing awareness. Um, I love that. And so I think that that was something over the years that has really been important to me that I learned from my martial arts instructors that we talk about in GMB is what is that single cue that you can focus on and especially an external cue, depending on the situation, but I think external cues are extremely important rather than saying, let's relax. Okay. That's not helping me. How do I relax? You know, <laughs> Relaxing you know. while you're up here, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so what is a spe- specific thing that you can focus on that's going to allow you to achieve or hit the majority of the things that you're after, uh, I think is very important. And so that's also how I teach uh, these these martial art classes that I teach. I don't teach techniques anymore, which um, some of the students found um, a little difficult in the beginning. But once they got what I was after and worked it, they're like, oh. And so they were able to actually use movements that were techniques that matched them rather than me teaching something that might be good for me, but not my, might not match their body. So rather than giving them specific things where uh, over here, hip here, blah, 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 concepts, uh, whether that be control the back of the knees, uh, simply keep your chest over their chest, um, you know, and, and then looking at it in terms of let's explore. And um, all you have to do is get past the legs and put your knee on their belly and then you reset. And this is another thing, and I know I'm kind of going into the weeds here, but um, rather than having very, very broad sections, what we do is we use constraint-based learning where we kind of put it in a box and we say, okay, this is your task. And this is the only thing you're going to focus on is achieving this particular task. 
And here's a single cue to focus on while you're doing it. And so, for example, setting the clock for three minutes, we have a person who, in this case, let's say, is, I don't want to say winner, because then it's more of a competition, but we have um, a designated winner. So you know this person is going to be the winner and this person's task is X. The other person's task is different. And so in this way, both people learn and they get the opportunity to, to train, but because there's that designated winner and for lack of a better term, designated loser, you can kind of take some of that competition out there but what we're also doing is the person who's the loser acts as sort of the coach to help the person who's winning air quotes be able to train in a manner that's going to be good for them so you start off very light and then as that person starts to figure out this puzzle then what the other person does is they start to add more resistance which then becomes more in a live situation. So they can actually start to train in a way using selective tension and gradually using incremental uh, tension to uh, simulate as well as stimulate this person to allow them to be able to train in a manner that's more realistic, if you will, rather than just a prescribed set of techniques that you drill that possibly would not work out the way you think they should work out when you go into a live situation. And so by constraining that and saying, we're only going to focus on this, once you get that, let's say knee on the belly, you reset, you reset and you go again and you just keep going for that you know, duration of time. And the cool thing about this is every single time you do, it's gonna be a little bit different. So it's you're not trying to, replicate the exact thing you did before what you're having to do is again solve that problem because as the intensity of it increases you your body and your mind needs to find a slightly different solution to that problem and therefore you're actually learning more about the entity of that particular movement pattern and so this is also doesn't matter if it's martial art i think if you're learning anything i think this is something that is good to do is first do it in a very, very safe manner. Um, look at the concept behind what you're trying to do rather than simply the technique. And so think about, we want to walk across this plank and okay, great. It might sound really easy, but let's just first think about how can we do it in such a safe manner that allows us to actually focus on the concept and get kind of a feel for what we want to do. Then we can start taking it up higher and higher because that's the intensity. And this is a mental intensity now where we're dealing with fear. And so now we say, oh, rather than this technique per se, it's this concept of simply staying in balance, whatever that means, however you do it. But now we're shifting and reframing as we're doing this. It's the same task, if you will, simply more difficult the intensity is quite higher the further we move away from the ground. And so this is really, you know, over the years, GMB and me looking at, at these movement puzzles, if you will, is really that's what I've done is I, I've used a constraint base upon myself where I'll say, I'm only going to look at, it, let's say, the squat. And I'll say, the squat is this position, but how many different ways can I get in and out of it?
And then I will add complexity to that. And that therefore is looking at uh, incremental progression, if you will, rather than thinking it's a progression towards something, it's simply a variation now of what we're doing. And so I think that way the brain is also challenged in a way that's very positive uh, because you have these constraints. Um, you find growth and you find answers to these puzzles. Lots to unpack there, but that's how my mind works. So, yeah. That was amazing. And there is a lot to unpack there. And let's go back to when you were talking about the puzzle that you give your martial arts students. So this three minute yes. neon chest, right? The cool mm -hmm. thing about that, as you were explaining that and describing it, is it allows for communication to happen as well. So if we take it back to our initial conversation about communication, right? That This is exactly right. Yes. I was sorry <laughs> to interrupt you, please. No, 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 please go ahead. <laughs> so this is huge. Um, this is quite different than other martial art places that I've trained at over the years in that there is communication. And so what we're looking at is um, the communication, there's a few things happening, is that when a person does something, because they know exactly the start and the finish, now it's simply a matter of those in-between movements, right? So those, you know, in-between is really where things happen. So what we're looking at is a transition. And so the person on top is doing something and they can say, hey, communicate where they could say, hey, can you back off just a little bit? I want to just hit this real quick or something. And the person on the bottom can say, oh, maybe shifting your hips this way might be good. So it's not that we're trying to coach each other. We're trying actually not to communicate a lot. It's a matter of these little things where a um, little bit less here, a little bit more here. How did that feel? Uh, if you just slight shift with whatever that might be, and then try and replicate that. And then when the person starts out in the intensity, then they understand that the techniques, which weren't taught in the beginning, happen naturally. And I believe that people will actually remember and actually get these techniques, dare say, faster and more efficiently because they're doing it in a way where they figured it out that matches their body. So it's not to say that it's a free for all. It's not that. Again, it's it's using cues and specific purpose, very constrained to allow that technique to happen in a more natural way. Then you can refine it. And the other thing about communication here that I that I really like is that this allows white belts to work with black belts, black belts to work with white belts, basically a beginner and a more advanced learner, because we have these constraints, they can work at a pace and a level that's good for them. And that's super important. And that's really where the communication happens because you, know, you might think, well, black belt, they know it all. No, because every single body is different and a white belt's going to move very differently than, you know, a person who is very mustered or has great experience in something. And so therefore it's fabulous because if a black belt and a black belt simply train all the time, they're going to actually have similar movement patterns because they've been doing these particular things for so long. 
And so where's the wipeout? You don't know. And so some, they might move in a particular way. And if you're just blowing through it and just doing your, you know, practicing your technique and just thinking that you're just going to drill out a thousand repetitions that you always do, when you come up against somebody who moves in a little different way, you will not have had that experience. So that's why I think this is important. And as well, like I said, um, because you can change the intensity, communicate that intensity with the person and your, your goal of how you want to do this is slightly different depending on your level then it's safe. And to me, that's the most important thing here because so many people in the martial art world, the way they train, it's like a given that they're going to get hurt. And I don't, I don't think that should happen. Um, if there's communication, if there's a, a collective communicative agreement, if you will, on, okay, this is what we're training. This is how we're going to train. This is the start, the end goal. This is the cue. And you're able to do it slow at that intensity, gradually ramping up the inten the intensity of it. Um, you should be able to train in a way where there's, there shouldn't be an injury. And um, we haven't had any injuries. You know, I just, we have a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life that are doing this. And, and it's fun. Um, people are getting really good. And the really cool thing is, is again, it's more now of a community rather than an individual effort in thinking that you want to dominate a person and just crush them. It's, it's really, to me, the essence of judo, it's just seirokuzenyo, which means it's, um, that's looking at the maximum you know, effort from or minimum intensity is what you're after. So maximum result looking at the minimum effort in terms. So basically just efficiency in whatever you're doing, but then also looking at another principle of judo, which is mutual benefit. And so that's really what we're after. And so whenever we work together, it's how can we help each other to get better? Whereas other places I've gone, it's really just, you know, they talk about team, but it seems to me a lot of places I've trained it at least just seem to be about, okay, how can I just crush that guy or get better? And uh, especially right now in my life, that's, I'm not after that. I, I want to, how can I help this other person to get better? Because I know that's going to help me to get better as well. So communication, again, isn't just verbal to me. It's it's there's so much in this and how a person is moving in accordance to what you're trying to do. Are they fighting you when this is not the time to be fighting, you know? And then in that way, are you able to say and verbally communicate, Hey, listen, this is what I would like to do. This is what I need from you in order to help me. There's, you know, the more that we can do that, the better off we're going to be. And the other thing too, I'll end with this, is knowing when to say no and, and saying, you know what? I don't feel comfortable training with you. Great. A lot of people don't do that. And so having the ability to be confident in yourself and take care of yourself, to me, that's self-defense. 
I start, you know, it's the mindset saying no. And it's not just in martial arts, it's everything in life. If there's something that that really you don't feel that it's going to be good for you, don't do it. That's it. So communication to me is that's also a big part of it. Is is being able to say this this does not feel right for me. Um, therefore, I'm not going to do it. Rather than oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Which yeah. <laughs> I love that, and within that too is again as you were describing the interaction between the two people and the communication between the two people. It also helps you communicate with yourself. I think, which yes. is one of the yes. things. I feel like is missing in a lot of traditional fitness modalities is this ability to communicate with yourself. What is it that you're experiencing right now? Like you were saying, is this good for me in this moment? How often do people get injured because they ignore something? <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, kind of a shift maybe. I think though, that at any age, this is important. But as we get older, we sometimes forget that we're getting older. And it's not that there's anything bad, but not communicating with ourselves and understanding that. So I'm 50 years old right now. In a couple of weeks, I'll be 51. I'm not 22 anymore. And what I mean by that is my priority at age 22 is not my priority at age 50 right now. And to think that I should be able to do something the same or even should try to do something similar that way is not healthy in my opinion. And so um, I think it's, it's not that we're lying to ourselves. I think it's, it's um, we're not being honest with ourselves sometimes about you know, where maybe we should be. And this also comes back also um, to, to the Zen practice of what is the true self and understanding what the true self is and what do you need right now? And so I think, you know, like what you said with fitness, um, I'm not saying everyone is this way, of course. I think though that if, if we could have this communication with ourselves, not just every once in a while, but every single day, what do you need today? And in GMB, like we talk about with auto-regulation, really to me, that's what this is, is, all right, today I might have this written on a piece of paper. I might go into a class and someone say, this is the workout for today, but does that serve me? And I think really that's a big thing. Does this serve me right now? Um, is this appropriate? Um, is this honestly being honest with yourself, what I need right now in this moment? Uh, it could be yes. And the interesting thing is it could be more, you could need more. And this is the other thing that some, sometimes you don't hear it. It's always, oh, you might need to back off or something, but some days there are those days where you're like, I need more of this. And if you don't know really what you need it's going to be difficult to judge whether or not you need more or less or it's just right so that's another thing that is very difficult to judge of course unless you have that communication you have that 
sit down with yourself every day and 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 really understand why you're doing it um and then also understand it should always be for yourself this is the one time i would say you should be extremely self self uh selfish pardon me so that you can be selfless for other people down the road um yeah and I do think within that, sometimes you, as you said, you don't always know what you need that day until you, right. until for me, Absolutely. until I, until I start moving, I'm like, oh, right. I need like, sometimes I'll go to like silks and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And we start doing, I start doing stuff. I'm like, oh no, I need more. Like, that's like <laughs> Let's bring it, you know? And sometimes it's yeah. like, oh, I, I thought I was up there, but no, I'm actually way down here. So let's knock it down a little bit. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where the other things in our life have such, uh, they just re- reflect so heavily on everything else. And so we might be really busy with work or something like that. And we carry that into our workouts or whatever we're doing, right? And that affects how we're thinking but once we get there, like I say, you should always just at least do the prep. Just start just warming up. Just do the warm up and let's go from there. And then that way, what's happening, and this is to me again, it comes back to that posture, breath, and mindset of you're bringing awareness to the body and you're truly going in. And you're hopefully getting past that point of you're still thinking about all the stuff you got to get done or, or whatever's on your mind. And you can really bring attention to the practice of where you are right now so you could start doing the thing and let's be honest like once we start doing the thing you realize you know most of the time you're like you get kind of caught up in it and that's a good thing is what i'm trying to say is that to me is you're you're in the moment and i think that's a good thing um but again like you said there are days where you're just like holy moly things just are not going and i think that's when we really need to have that, you know, heart to heart and be like, is this really going to be good for me to do this? Um, and it can feel good in the moment, of course, you know, but if you don't really know what your body's doing, then it could be you wake up the next morning and you go, wow, I did something to my body. I'm not sure what's going, you know, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, this is also why I don't, uh, when I do my martial arts, I'm extremely particular. I mean, very particular about who I spar uh, role with. Um, the thing is, is I just, I don't have anything to prove anymore. I'm, I just, I just, I'm doing it for the pure enjoyment of it. And this is why I'm not going to roll with someone who has an agenda. I really am not, um, you know, th- the people that I'm, uh, I'm working with right now. Uh, yes but they understand where I'm coming from. And when I'm doing that, it's to help them. Like there's a guy who's getting ready for a competition right now. And so yesterday we sparred and the practice, we went for two hours. And so about 30 minutes of that was just constant rolling and things. But again, that was very different because we had constraint rolling. So situational sparring is what it is where we're only focusing on a certain uh, set of positions and anytime we got it out of those positions we would reset so uh, this would allow us this allowed us to increase the intensity uh, and work in certain problem solving for him that he was having trouble on in a safe manner um anyway 
but coming back to the exercise portion of it, yes. Um, there are days where we need more, some days where we probably shouldn't have done what we did. <laughs> and within, both within the way you're teaching martial arts and what you're exploring with martial arts is more constraints-based learning. As you said, it kind of brings yeah. you into the moment, right? You have to focus yes, on the puzzle. Yes. You have to focus on the game. The puzzle, exactly. Which is fun, right? It it right. it it brings you into what's happening here and now. And exactly. I feel I feel like there's some of that that happens within some of the skills you teach with GMB as well, which I think is why people are drawn to them. Because does it matter if you get a handstand? No. No. But can you focus on something else while you're trying to get a handstand? Well, probably not. <laughs> exactly. And that's a huge point, what you brought up. Um, you know, I don't think handstands are going to cure world <laughs> hunger, unfortunately. You know? <laughs> but but there's, you know, something about handstands, uh, these particular skills that you have to be there. And what I mean is you have to not only be there mentally but physically in order for you to do them because it's simply problem solving you know they're they're just puzzles that's that's everything and and learning i think that's why learning we say practice i think everything we do is practice um even when there are skills that we own things that we've done for years that we're really good at if you think about it, we've never done that particular skill the same way twice. You just can't. You, it's. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm. I'll be the first to admit it if I am. But I don't think it's possible because every single time we do anything, it's there's just something in there that's different, and so therefore that's practice to me. So um, it's and that fascinates me absolutely fascinates me and so this is actually right now why i don't really pursue new skills um in the sense that i'm not looking to um i'm trying to think of something <clears throat> a, a one finger one arm handstand you know i'm not right no i don't even really do one arm handstands at all anymore to me it's I just, I want to just pursue and continue per to pursue particular movement patterns to me that are applicable to all the other stuff that I want to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is the thing too, is that it would be unwise of me to tell a person to only focus on these certain things because while those serve me, they might not serve that other person. And this is why, for example, I shy away from teaching techniques nowadays because for the same reason. There's Let's look at the concept behind why we're doing this particular thing and a few key points, and then you go and practice it. And, and so then that way you will start to find your universal movement patterns that are applicable, not just to your exercise, but that help you in the other areas of your life. And really that's what we're after uh, in GMB and that's what I'm after in my martial art and, you know, everything, yeah. 
Well, and is it safe to say, based on what I'm hearing, is the martial arts is that's kind of like your movement passion, right? Is that accurate? That is that. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I've been doing martial arts. I'm trying to think since I was in junior high, which I guess you said middle school now, since I was in middle school, I just never stopped. And that is my passion. 100%. And um, my little group I have here, that's my passion project. Um, yeah, it, it's, that's it. And so this is the one thing, GMB, you know, I love GMB, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it, it's, but like my passion, like if, if heaven forbid, I'm not saying that I want this, okay, but let's say that GMB wasn't around, okay. Um, I don't think I would go into business with martial arts, mm -hmm. but I would never stop doing it. And my goal, my goal for me personally is to stay on the mat until I die. And that's it. That is it. So, yeah. So that's why things change as I get older. This is why I'm not pursuing certain skills. Um, this is why I've cut out so many things that I used to do. Because again, they don't serve me. Now, now, in order to serve other people, I continue to do certain things to make sure that I can continue to teach those things that do serve those people, if that makes sense. But again, my goal is not to chase these particular skills there. Um, for right now, in my personal life, my personal workouts, um, the postures, positions, movement patterns I use is to keep me on the mat. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Which is that I, I imagine that's a little bit freeing because it means you spend a lot less time on this other stuff. Is that accurate? That's what it is. That's what it is. And so, um, yes, I, I just, this is huge for me. Um, it, a lot of people, not so much anymore, because people understand when they're in GMB how things kind of work. But you know, oh, you must work out all day long, or <laughs> no? I mean, my 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 workouts, if you will, I would say they're not more than thirty minutes. You know, um, while I am doing something every single day, in terms of you know working out, and I don't even like to say workouts, but my supplemental work for my martial art um, now is really what it is. And so the other thing though, that we do have to take into consideration is that I've been moving in one way or another since I was like five years old. So gymnastics, martial art, uh, fitness and things. And so what it is, is I have that foundation, if you will. And I built myself up to have a base, um, where my moderate level is quite high. And so, so for me, rather than trying to do more, it's trying to keep that moderate level increasing just tiny, tiny, tiny bit. And so this doesn't sound exciting for a lot of people, but again, this is also, I think why I've been able to do this for so many years is that I'm very comfortable doing the same thing forever. And it doesn't mean that I don't change in the way I do that thing. 
it's that I'm able to continue just doing that thing. And it's has worked out pretty well for me. And so the reason why is because it leads to being able to do the, the martial art uh, that I want to do. And, you know, my martial art is not just Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's, it, it, you know, it's, I, I say judo because to me everything is judo um, because I'm more interested in the philosophy and values behind it rather than um, single techniques. And so, um, you know, I guess you could say the traditional judo is what I like where throwing, striking, grappling on the ground, submissions. And so this is kind of all of it in there. But um, again, cutting out the things that weren't serving me has been incredible and freeing, really freeing, really, <laughs> you know, like this isn't helping me. I'm not going to do it. And in the beginning, it was really weird because I felt that I had to be doing it. But yeah, I think if we could all really take a look at our, at ourself and, and again, you know, is this helping me? And if it's not, then don't do it. You know, there's the other side of the coin though, where um, I feel that exploration simply for the sake of exploration is fun. And so, you know, Hey, I want to learn how to juggle. Cool. That's awesome. You know, or I'm, I don't even know. Um, I don't know, you know, club swinging, kettlebells, um, whatever, you know, like if something draws your attention and you're interested in learning it, I say, go to it. But yeah, but don't think that you should have to be doing everything if it's not helping you. Oh, I, I so appreciate that message. This is how I, I do things these days. And again, it's been very freeing. I'm like, oh, it feels so good just to say, okay, this supports the activities I really, really like to do. This other stuff does not have to be my life. Yeah. Like, and you know. sleep is a huge one for me too, which is kind of funny. I mean, a lot of people, when they think of things, they're like, oh, I wanted to do more stuff. It's kind of like me as well. Like, Maybe I am a little bit weird, but I don't need new clothes, uh, you know, new shoes. Uh, I'm like, these are fine. These these do just fine for me right now, you know. I'm like, why do I need to go get another pair of shoes? But but that's kind of how I look at all of my stuff right now, anyway. In terms of, um, I wouldn't say I'm frugal. Okay, it's just that this is still working. This is still working really well for me. I'm good, you know? And so sleep is another one for me too. Like, I know you're very similar in the sense that <laughs> like, right. You know, it's like, I'm not going to stay up. Until priority. I, yeah. I can't, my wife I and mean, my kids too, they joke, but it's like, when it's like eight 30, they're like, Oh, it's time for dad to start to go to bed, you know? And, you know, so, um, to each their own, but those are important to me. And so I keep things, I'm trying to keep things as simple as possible to allow me to be able to do what I want for as long as possible. It, yes, which is such a powerful message because 
I mean, that's, I think what all of us want, right. To age, to age well, to enjoy, to enjoy life throughout our lifespan. Yeah. And enjoy it now rather than thinking, Oh, later, whatever, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Getting a little deep here, but yeah, but that's, that's kind of where it is for me. Um, and this is, you know, another reason why, for example, the martial art group that I have as well is not for the younger crowd. And so it's a private invitation only group. Um, and no, you know, like if you're going to come in thinking you're going to like want to be the king of everything, then this is not the place for you. And so what I'm getting at is, is I'm trying to actually also, because community is extremely important. If we're looking at longevity and mental health is we need to find like-minded individuals that we can grow with and that support each other. And therefore it's not having and knowing tons of people, to me, it's about having a group that you can trust. Again, simplify having this positive group, if you will, uh, that goes beyond just um, wearing pajamas and violently hugging each other. You know, um, <laughs> it's, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> So if you had, if we were to sum it up and you had to give one piece of advice to anybody listening right now, what would it be? It can be about anything. It can be about anything. Um, well, you know, again, I'm, I'm really big on that, on the posture, breath and mindset portion of it. And so I would just think about um, just during the day, just think about your posture. And, and the unfortunate thing is a lot of people, when they think posture, they think it has to be ramrod straight and this sort of things. But yeah, but just think about how you're carrying yourself right now. And, and usually when you're, when you're able to do that, your breathing changes and your mindset changes, you know? And so that's why looking at posture first, you know, you could say structure, but I, think of posture so and i would just say throughout the day bring awareness to your to how you are standing sitting lying down sleeping you know but keep it simple and just have that simple cue which is posture and so bring awareness to your posture i think uh, can help a lot of us awesome yay Thank you so much, Ryan. And if people want to find you or follow you, you're on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. We're on everywhere. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My Instagram is Ry, R-Y-H-U-R-S-T. But I mean, the easiest way to find me would just be to go to GMB Fitness. Uh, we're everywhere. So, yeah. I, I meant that meaning like, it's the same if you go on YouTube or Instagram or, or anything. It's all just GMB Fitness. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Thank Ryan, you. for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.